welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. Growing up, there was a D.L. Moody quote that always stuck with me. He said, character is who we are in the dark. And this means that character is who we are when there's nobody else around, when there's nobody to see us, nobody to visit us, nobody to check out and maybe give us some pointers as to are we doing it right or are we doing it wrong. And how true that has been in my life up until now, I can't even tell you, but how true that has been in this year is also pretty serious. This year, 2020, we've seen some things come to light in ourselves and come to light in others that maybe needed some more time to develop in the dark. We said things, we uh, did things, we thought things that, to be very, very honest, it revealed parts of ourselves that we didn't want people to know, that we didn't want others to see. And all this came about because of outside factors that came and worked itself into our lives, things that we had no control over, things that came and literally bent us out of shape. And I don't mean bent out of shape like we were offended at a little uncomfortable circumstance. No, no, no. We had real reason to feel bent out of shape. We had these constant negative reminders of what was happening around us of how bad things were around us. These reminders came, came from the news, it came from the media, it came over your telephone. Man, it even came from that, that old lady standing in the queue at the supermarket. Uh, we had our value tested and, and we had our value questioned by, by the people around us, by, uh, once again, people who had very interesting ideas of what it, what it means to be sick. Hey, you had your value tested by the people at work when you got that pay cut, when they told you that you only need to work three days a week, when you started wondering whether they still need you at work. We had our relationships really, really stressed and really, really tested because sometimes we spent too much time together during lockdowns. And sometimes we spent too much time, time apart because of the same thing. And all of this, of, and all of this made us look for meaning and purpose in all the crisis, trying to figure out what does this mean? Where do I fit in in all of this? We faced some real storms. We faced some real crisis and it was complex and it was complicated things. And in my life, I found when things are complex and complicated, I try to simplify it as best as I possibly can. Because so often the answers to complicated things are found in simple truths. Jesus had a way of doing this. Jesus had a way of uncomplicating things, of simplifying things very, very well. And in Matthew 7 from verse 24, he does this once more. It says the following, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is like a wise person who builds a house on solid rock. 
though the rain comes in torrents, and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse, because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on the sand. When the rains and floods come, and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus was finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. Now, I'll be very honest. It couldn't have been that amazing to the people. They couldn't have been awestruck by the fact that he told the story that good foundations keep buildings up. I think that was kind of common sense. Um, it was pretty basic. I mean, we even teach the song to kids. The wise man built his house upon the rock and the rains came tumbling down and the rains came down and the floods came up and the house on the rock stood firm. And then it goes, the foolish man builds his house upon the sand and the rains came down and the floods came up and the house in the sand fell flat. These are simple truths communicated for complicated times. Now, honestly, the people weren't amazed at the little story Jesus told about foundations and them being important in buildings keeping standing. No, Jesus was at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and he just, very, very, in a very, very detailed way, told the people, told the crowd, that there is a kingdom coming. The kingdom of God is at hand. And in this kingdom, things are going to look very different than what they've looked like in kingdoms before. Jesus shares his attitude on the law and explains how money and possession and power is not what God's kingdom is built on, but that his kingdom is built on obedience to a relational God, a God that wants relationship with you and with me and with the people in that crowd. And this is an amazing fact. You see, the people were used to legalistic rule keeping up until this stage. And Jesus is saying that that legalistic rule keeping obedience, uh, a, a piety that, that says, if people can see me, uh, then I'll be okay. If people see how religious I am, if people see my religious duty, if people see my religious quality, then I'll be okay. That was not what Jesus was pointing to. What Jesus was pointing to is he was saying, your value lies in your relationship with this God, with this King whose kingdom is at hand. You see, what the people were really amazed at is the fact that Jesus said, if we build our lives on the values of this kingdom, of God's kingdom, we will be able to withstand the pressures and the storms that this life will throw at us. And that's why the people were so amazed. The question then is, well, what are these values and how do I build my life on these values? The Sermon on the Mount is a little bit of a lot to read in this forum. Uh, it's going to take us a little too much time and you're not going to be that interested by the end of it. So I want to challenge you to go home and go and read it. It's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And it's really, really amazing what Jesus explains to us in there. But I want to give us kind of the highlights package. So 
Jesus starts off his Sermon on the Mount by an invitation. In Matthew 5, verses 1 to 12, he says, All who are invited, these people are the poor, they're the mourning, they're the humbled, they're the humiliated. They're they're those who are in need of justice. There are those who are persecuted. There are those who have been mocked and those who have been insulted. And to be honest, this is not the usual crowd. If you think that you are starting a kingdom, and who would you like to invite? It's the powerful. It's the strong. It's the mighty. It's not the poor and the destitute and the sick and the lame. It's not people like you and me, to be honest. But Jesus is saying, my kingdom invites these people. They are the ones that I am excited about to have in my kingdom. In fact, Jesus jumps right into some purpose, into a calling for these people that he's just invited into his kingdom. He says, you will be the salt of the earth. He says, you will be the preservative of the values of this kingdom. You, the destitute, the powerless, the poor, the people nobody else chose. Jesus continues and he says, you will be the light of the world. You'll be this shining beacon that shows everyone around just how good and amazing this God is. This God of this kingdom, you will shine a light to show people around just how much hope there is in this kingdom of God. So at this point, Jesus starts dealing with three points of obedience to work in, that comes to play in the kingdom of God. These three points of value or these three areas of obedience are relationships, our practices, and our choices. The first of which is our relationships. You see, in Matthew 5 from verse 17 all the way to verse 48, Jesus is speaking to this crowd and he says that life is not about keeping the rules. And in fact, he has not come to break the rules. So those two kind of seem like they don't go together. But he says, no, he's come to fulfill the rules. He's come to fulfill the law and to show us what the law was actually meant to do, what the law was actually supposed to point us towards. You see, the rules only make sense when we treasure relationships. In no other sense does these rules, these regulations, these laws of God make any sense. Well, why would I want to kind of live like a little bit below other people if I can just power up and man up and get what I want? No, Jesus says, no, if you value relationship, then you have reason to love people. You have reason to love God. And you will see that that those rules and regulations are not there to hamper you, not there to clamp you in and and put you in a little box. No, they're actually there to live out relationally perfectly. See, Jesus looks at some of the troubles that we have in relationships, some of the biggest stumbling blocks. He looks at anger, he looks at lust, divorce, vows or keeping our word. He looks at revenge and he says that we need to recalibrate the way that we look at these things to see them in the same light that God sees them, to see them in the light of valuing relationships first. 
You see, then anger will, will look a little different. I don't need to stay angry at you. I can, I can get angry, but I can go, hey, wait a second. We can talk about this. Uh, lust will look different. Uh, lust will be, hey, there's a thought that came up, but I've stopped it before it went too far. Uh, divorce won't even be an option. Keeping my word will just be the way that I live, and taking revenge will not even be on the cards. That's what happens when we value relationships first. You see, when we value relationships first, we are able to forgive without too much asking. When we value relationships, we'll be able to love an enemy, to even pray for an enemy, to hope that that enemy has God's best coming towards them. The second area of obedience that Jesus speaks into is our practices. This is Matthew 6 from verse 1 to 34. He speaks into our practice of giving, prayer, fasting, the way we deal with money, and even our worries. And Jesus is asking us this question. He's like, what is your focus in life? What is your, your life pointing towards? Is, is it pointing towards yourself? Because let's be honest, that's a very empty life. And then he asks, is it pointing towards a person? Because you're setting yourself up for disappointment if we are pointing towards people or towards any temporary thing, to be honest. Or are we pointing ourselves towards God? Are we pointing our lives, our focus, our attention towards the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one whose kingdom we are invited into? I think ultimately the question is this, am I trying to invite God into my story or have I accepted God's invitation to be part of his story? When we point our hearts, when we point our focus, when we point our attention to God, then our daily practices will have purpose and they'll have meaning and they'll be worthwhile to chase after, to pursue. The third area of obedience that Jesus speaks into is the area of our choices. That's Matthew 7 from verse 1 to 20. And in this area, Jesus says to us that there's, there's going to be big life choices that we're going to have to make, big life and death decisions that will point us in one direction or in another. But accompanying those big decisions that we're going to make a few times in life, there's going to be hundreds of small incremental changes and incremental decisions that we're going to make on a daily basis. And those little decisions that we continually make to go in God's direction will produce that life that we're longing for. It will produce that life that, that is ready to withstand the storms that life is going to throw at you. Now, if we look back at our two boulders, if we look back um, at what they saw and what they got, they both got the advice. They both got the truth. They both got the teaching. And both of them knew that storms were coming, and both of them started building. And then a little something crept in that we spoke of right at the beginning. Character is what we are in the dark. One guy decided to constantly choose 
God's direction in his building. And he reaped the rewards of it. Another guy decided that he wants life to point at him and he wants maybe life to point at other things. And he reaped the rewards for that. When nobody knows, when nobody's looking, when there's no prizes for making the right decision, when there's no, no reward for making the tough choices, that's when we're building on the solid rock that is Jesus. It's a tough call, but it's a very simple invitation, isn't it? I think the next question is, well, what is my next steps in all of this? What do I do next uh, to, to build my life on the solid rock that is Jesus? Well, if you realize today that you might have been building on the sand, and you know this because, well, the storms of life has come through your life and things are lying around everywhere. I want to ask you today, start choosing to pursue relationship with God on a daily basis. Secondly, point your focus, point your life, point your attention to God. The third thing is, Keep making those daily incremental changes, those small adjustments to your cause to point your life towards the one who is the solid rock, the one you can trust in, the one who is eternal, the one you can build on. The second place that we can be today is that we realize that I've, I've been trying to build my house on the solid rock. I've been trying to do that, but, but there are rooms in this house as the storms came by, man, they just just blew over. There's parts of my house that's falling apart. And I think that those parts of my house might be built on the sand. If your house doesn't have a firm foundation, I want to ask you to do some inspection. I almost want to say, get the building inspector out. Go and ask God to point out what part of your life, what area of your life you need adjusting in. Is it your relationships? Is it your practices? Is it your choices? What part of your life isn't quite lined up with the way that God would like it to be? And it's not because God is angry, no. It's because life works best when we live it in alignment with who He is and what He is like. To this point that I'd like to pray for all of us. If you'll close your eyes with me. Father God, it's so often hard to live this life and to know the right from the wrong. Lord, it's so often like, like that character develops in the dark, Lord, but it's hard to be in the dark and it's hard to be alone and it's hard to keep ourselves accountable when we're in those spaces. Lord, I wanna ask you, especially in those unmentioned, unnoticed times, Lord, that you will give us the strength, the focus, the endurance to look at you, to follow you, to focus on you, Lord the solid rock, the one that we are to build on. Lord, help us to build in obedience to you, to you and to your word. Lord, we're not asking this because we've earned or deserved it in some way, Lord, but, but your word actually promises life and life in abundance if we build our lives on Christ. And Lord, I thank you that we can ask all of this 
in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Pray all of this in His name. Amen. Thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for your attention. Can I ask you this week to pay attention to your relationships, your practices, and your choices? We love you and we thank you for joining us. Just before you go, three questions to keep the conversation going. The first one is, which area of your life do you find it hardest to be obedient in? Is it relationships, is it practices, or is it choices? The second question is, why do you find it particularly hard in that area of life? And then the third question is, what changes do you need to make to obey God in that area of your life? Once again, thank you so much for joining us. Have a lovely week. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.